This is Table Talk 13.5 from your friends at Late Afternoon Gaming. This week, we come back from our unannounced hiatus to discuss things of virtually no consequence. Check it out. Otherwise, head on over to Session 14. Syphilis. Syphilis. Speaking of syphilis, 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 uh, Duncan, you might like this. Uh, I, you know, on my constant quest for great podcasts, I discovered that the Always Sunny podcast has recently come into existence. Hmm. So it's uh, Charlie Day, uh, Rob McElhaney, and Glenn Howerton. And what they're doing is they're just going through every episode and just talking about that episode. That only lasts for about like 30 seconds each uh, like podcast session. Uh, and then they're just riffing about other things. It's it's very enjoyable. I, I just watched a bunch of them yesterday as I was playing Elden Ring, a game you might have heard of. I don't normally play video games because I don't have time after uh, football practice. Mm, right, yeah. yeah. Is that uh, anything normally... like Madden? It's something like that, yeah. Uh, okay, so we got we got to kind of dust the uh, all the cobwebs off, <laughs> uh, stretch these podcasting. Right. So again. when so what... last time we recorded, the world was not at war yet. That's true. Uh, I, I believe all the continents were molded together into one called Pangaea. It was actually um, Gondwana land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That was a super continent, uh, right? What's, that? What's the difference between Pangaea and Gondwana Land? I've never even heard of that. So yeah, I I've, I've I've only ever heard of Pangaea. What's back me up here? Gondwana Land. Gondwana Land. I'm, okay, I'm is that from the Silmarillion? Like, I'm gonna, okay. Oh, so Gondwana Land or Gondwana is the name for the southern half of the Pangaean supercontinent. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Right, so I, I was not. I you was can not, forgive like, me for not. That never came up in conversation for me uh, throughout my life. Somehow, the, the land of the Gonds. Interesting. Right. What were the Gonds? Right. So uh, that was where the Numenor lived. Yeah. I was yeah. Gonna say, are there's like the bronze giants that existed uh, mm-hmm. in like the first age or something. Well, I, I think because what happened was their song became discordant and the continent split. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Look it up, Lurie. Okay. Oh, uh, actually, uh, Jack, make sure you link to the Wikipedia page for Gondwana Land. For Gondwana. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Let me pull up my <laughs> yeah. link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget that, please. Uh-huh. I like to think this is an educational okay. podcast. Mm-hmm. So normally what I do is like the day before we do a session, I listen to the last one so I can take my notes for um, the Ombudsman Report. Uh, this time, I listened to it, like, the day after and took my notes. Well, that was, like, a month ago. So I'm looking at my notes, and I'm, I'm just now remembering what the hell was happening. Uh, so in our last session, we it was basically dominated by this big fight in a, a vineyard, which we are in the midst of at this moment. Um, it seems like we're probably at the tail end of it, which is good. Um, but... During that fight, I mean, the the fight was like four hours long, and I cut it down to about two hours. <laughs> and uh, I was I was pretty I was pretty liberal with what I cut. Basically, if it wasn't funny or if it wasn't necessary to understand what was going on, it it got cut. In the process, and Nerf, you might have noticed this, I, I cut out a lot of rules lawyering that I was doing. <laughs> um, and uh, that's why it was only not, one not hour just, long. Yeah, exactly. The, it wasn't just to save faces because it was totally unnecessary. Um, but for those curious, what we were debating was like a, basically a hiding mechanic. Um, and Nerf was right uh, with what he said, um, uh, which is that he he makes he makes a stealth check. Um, but the part that we were missing was that the enemies were supposed to do perception checks against it. I um, I so think that, we can safely we say that. The blame there falls squarely on Duncan. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I mean, that, a DM should know that. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing, though. What you're saying would be true if I hadn't done perception checks. But in <laughs> fact, you don't know if I did or not. Uh, fact. Uh, it's anyway, all just the magic so that's behind the mentioned. screen, so we should assume <laughs> that that happened. Right, of course. As guys, I have bad news. You know, I opened up the link dump thing, and immediately my my thoughts went to, what's the secret link going to be today? And I was going to put the link to the TimeCube website. Apparently mm. it expired. Oh, no. How are people going to find out <laughs> well, about here's, TimeCube? 
you just switch you it to the Frederick Knudsen video for yeah, <laughs> down the rabbit hole. Perfect. Yeah, right. Well, but well, it's we probably well, only. Ex- it's not a secret link anymore, but I will put that in there. It's only expired, I think, for you know this corner of the day. But every yeah. there are four corners <laughs> to every day, just like the four corners yeah. of the cube, as we all know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the next thing was uh, I. I, if you can believe it, made a mistake myself uh, throughout I don't the course of that, <laughs> that fight. So, for uh, I, I even said it out loud as I read it. One of my abilities lets me, um, as, as long as I didn't use my Rune Blast thing, I can do a first level spell as a bonus action after I take um, the attack action on my turn. Nice. And then later, I, I read that out loud and then I cast a second level spell one time doing it. Uh, so that was <laughs> wrong and I shouldn't have done it. Um, I accept your apology. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the Thank graphic you. on the Wikipedia page for Time Cube. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to keep going back to this now. <laughs> and, and it's got the four corners of the day. And mm-hmm. sunup, midday, sundown, and midnight have different uh, people associated with them. And it's Jesus, Socrates, Einstein, and the Clintons. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love this so much. Yeah. I'd forgotten awesome. about this. Clintons live here. That's yeah, amazing. Clinton, yeah. Uh, well, you know, the first one you see, because it's on the far left, mm. is sun up. Jesus lives here. You're like, okay, this will be good. Yeah, it's a good a fresh start, and then it only gets better from there. Life encompasses awesome. a 416 cube principle, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obvious stuff like that you don't really need to say. Hey, go ahead and slap like the science tag on our podcast now. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next, someone uh so somebody had done an opportunity opportunity attack with their claws. It might have been the um the twig blights or whatever. Nerf said uh, I like to call those cloppertunities, right? <laughs> what Nerf certainly knows is that cloppers <laughs> are a thing. <laughs> um, uh-oh. Right. Why don't you explain, Jack, what a clopper is? <laughs> I actually don't know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, you like do. <laughs> go, ahead and, go ahead and Google it and tell me what it is. Yeah. Turn That's, safe, well, am I going to Wikipedia or am I going to Urban Dictionary? No, no, no. You're, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, actually, not, go, to, go to Wikipedia. Is the I'm feeling lucky Google search still a thing? Clopper, a brony? Oh, I see. Sexual, <laughs> sexual gratification or erotica involving ponies, specifically ponies seen in My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Generally, mm-hmm. the person masturbating the pony erotica is considered the clopper. <laughs> right. okay. So, I don't think I don't think it was a mistake that right. Nerf no, I, wanted to bring up clopper. It was actually but it's a part of Cockabee's backstory. I've been kind of trying to figure out a way to bring into the game for a long time now, and uh, and I finally had the opportunity. There is a Wikipedia or the article. You can, you can go to Clop subculture on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, there we go. But this no. is one of those things that I think. You know, everybody does, and we just didn't know that there was a word for it. Right, yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's a section in the Wikipedia article for uh, <laughs> male hegemony and female alienation. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Of course. I'll put it in the link dump. Everybody educate yourselves. <laughs> this is no 101 space, but the Wikipedia article is. For sure. So this is, okay. a, this is a tight reading list so far. We've got Gondwana Land... <laughs> <laughs> time cube, uh, time, time cloppers. Clopping. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so something that uh, Duncan mentioned a few times, uh, specifically when he was referencing the turn order, was tester, right? Which is uh, me. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, right. I, so this was something, in case anybody's confused, uh, which you should be because it doesn't make sense. We, when we were trying out Foundry, tester, uh, I like joined Duncan. Uh, one day, just to, for him to like, hey, let's let's bounce around, see if we can figure out how to do these things. Well, let's and back up even further. Trip. Foundry is the virtual tabletop that we use, so it's mm-hmm. it's where let's everybody's... back up even further. <laughs> tabletop gaming is a genre of. of... <laughs> no, sorry, go on. No, no, I, I'm saying you know if we said roll twenty, I think just about probably you know the, the majority of people listening would know what that is. Foundry is not as well known, so sure, it's we'd never heard of it until Nerf brought it up. Right, and, and it's yeah. one of those systems where it's significantly more capable, but has a steeper learning curve, and we're able to host it locally, which lets us um, use bigger maps and stuff like that. But that's uh, it's a big part of the reason why I 
give such poor descriptions of the scenes because we're all looking <laughs> at an image with tokens on it, and I forget. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, the listeners will figure it out. Yeah. Sorry, but back to you. But anyway, so at, at one point we were just we were testing things and just seeing what was going on. So Duncan had made a token for me called Tester as we were testing things. Um, and then once, yeah, I know it makes sense, right? Then we eventually moved into, excuse me, actually playing. And since my account was already had association with that token, I just we renamed it and whatever. And in most spots, it still shows up co correctly. Like when I select my character, like to be put in the initiative order or whatever, it says Light of Dawn. But for some reason, it just like it still references Tester at some point. Like it's some master name for this token that only gets referenced in certain aspects. <laughs> and, uh, and so it'll show up in the initiative order a lot of times as Tester, even though everywhere else it shows up as Light of Dawn. <laughs> uh, which I, I just find kind of amusing. But that's why we kept saying tester. So it's it's funny that you you bring that up. So after this last session, I had finally decided enough was enough, and I uh, went into our Foundry server and I killed Tester. Oh, <laughs> so, all right, R.I.P. Tester. <laughs> so yeah, hey, you will reference. find that your, your token is correctly <laughs> named. Let's discuss this <laughs> right thing. Now. Oh, by the way, that's not relevant anymore. Yeah. So Shepard, <laughs> yeah. how, how does it feel to be just have have your introduction to this podcast be stale before it even gets yeah. edited? I feel I feel stymied is the word I'm going to use. <laughs> I know I'm going to listen to this later, and this whole chunk is going to be abruptly chopped out, <laughs> and then we will reference it later, and it'll be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't do that that often. <laughs> uh, but I like to think that's but, what you do. I like to think that you're like a butcher with uh -huh. like a reel of film, and you just like <laughs> you just you're just chopping bits out, and going like, don't need that anymore. Yeah, with wanton abandon. Like, there's no yeah. rhyme or reason. <laughs> Just like, I don't like it. By the way, um, listeners, we did record a, a session and then not publish it last time. Oh, um, yeah. Which let, why, let me... Which, which is why there was a gap. You you can go in your bit later. I just want to take a moment here. We did do a mm. table talk session that also didn't get published. Um, and there's some links it's in true. here that I think we should bring up again. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, Shepard, you mentioned during that table talk that you had an essay on active listening. I don't know if you want to discuss that a bit. Oh, that's true. You mind if we get to that after I'm done with my session talk? Sure, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll transition I, I, into the previous done. links then. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got uh, one more thing, then podcast statistics, and then we can do inspiration if you guys want, and then we can go into that. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I want to okay. introduce it because I have a joke to tell at the beginning. For in inspiration? For your active listening thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, so uh, I want to bring up the uh, the kill count. So the the kind of the theme that was going on during a lot of the combat between Jack's character and mine was that <laughs> Jack was being very efficient. Uh, like, he, every swing was a kill. And he did three swings per turn. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> He, he was doing great, and he was having a great time. Uh, meanwhile, my character I had a lot of misses, uh, and a lot of poor damage rolls, and a lot of all these other things. So, it kind of felt like, you know, the fight was really going Jack's way and not mine. Uh, if we're talking, you know, kill count. But I went back later, and I, I counted, uh, which was a huge pain in the ass, because uh, I, I, had, I had cut out a lot of stuff that did make it a little easier to, to keep track uh, for time. But my count at the end was I had gotten 25 kills and Jack had gotten 17 uh, because, you know, he would get, you know, two or three kills every turn. And then I would have a, a turn where I did nothing. And then the next turn I would get like eight kills or something because I would do some big AOE attack. Um, so I want to compliment Jack for, uh, despite the fact that his number was lower, his attitude was much better. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that... Uh, it's what you I strive for. for that. You know, you mm -hmm. you don't need to be successful. You just need to act successful. Oh, that's a and good point. People will believe you. <laughs> I, I believed it. I was I was really surprised. Mm -hmm. um, hey, even I, I trust myself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think I read that uh, in the art of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, I live my life. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably awful. Anyway. That's it for the Ombudsman Report for podcast statistics. Not much to say. Uh, so I didn't check over like the last two weeks how many downloads we got. We're up to 499. Um, 
but since we were, I think we were at like 460 something like three weeks ago, so it's it's been a little quiet recently. So uh, no new no new countries. Where, where do we want to set the goal for when we do like a a live session somewhere in, ex- in an exotic location? I'm thinking 500. We could, five, we could five, reach it to 500 the total downloads. <laughs> 500 um, and like I said, we're at 499, right. so I, and I think we can get there. We go out to the, you know, like the Florida Keys or something, and we play in some obscure bar. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So wait, uh, so do yeah, we need 500 total or 500 downloads at a specific location? And then we'll go play there. Oh, oh great point. Nice. Uh, well, how specific do you want to get? Because I don't really get much beyond the country. Listeners, uh, pull up your VPNs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to Moldova. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's that's gonna be like one of those uh, contests that you read about, where like you know Taylor Swift is gonna play at some. Um, and you know, historian oh, yeah, has a the great video. For the death. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Horse yeah. man, college for the death. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Any polls of gold? We're gonna I'll go to the, Kiev. Uh, I'll put the link in. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great video. Um, but yeah, uh, that was it. So for inspiration, uh, what I have written is, uh, I I think that Nerf and Jack both deserve perhaps a D10 uh, oh, splitting. Getting granular, I see. <laughs> getting granular. So with Nerf, um, he, again, I mentioned my rules lawyering, which was, uh, as I listened to it in the recording, even though what I was saying I think was correct, it was very annoying, and I shouldn't have done it. And... Uh, uh, Nerf was very gracious in healing me for about 8 million points uh, throughout the rest of the, <laughs> yeah. the, rest of the session. Well, you were uh, actively I, I, trying to harm him. Yeah, as I was getting just stunlocked repeatedly. Because <laughs> um, I, I took a lot of hits, and I, I didn't count how, exactly how much healing you had done, but it was it was quite a great deal of healing. So I appreciate that. For Jack, the, the thing that I think you deserved the D10 for was... I was laughing my ass off as I edited it when uh, um, you <laughs> your character had run ahead at some point and you said something to the effect of, yeah, and then from the north you just hear, kill-tacular. Killing <laughs> yeah, Killing spree. Uh, yeah, it, I was laughing my ass off. It was very, very funny. Um, and it just goes to my, my earlier point of you were just having so much more fun uh, and it, it really made listening to it and editing it to me like way, way, way more enjoyable because <laughs> you were... You're killing it. it well, I'm glad. So that's my inspiration recommendation, a D10 each for those things. Okay. Jack? I would have to go, I think, with Nerf for just... It's it's not often that we actually play our characters the way they're meant to be played, because usually we're idiots. But he was doing... <laughs> like, he was just healing constantly, and it was great. Yeah, he was being a cleric. Yeah, not that I <laughs> yeah, like one kill, it at all. which is the like super duper overkill with his uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, like withering touch or whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, and, and he's like, "Oh, catch okay, so a tenth level." And he does like eight million damage to this like leaf that's on the ground, and then just moves on to keep healing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah, Eisen didn't really need the healing, but Light of Dawn probably uh, would not oh, have. I needed. absolutely needed it. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> so good stuff and nerf. So I would like, and I think we've only we've done this a couple times before, but I think Duncan deserves an inspiration. I I think the way he structured this fight, so that uh, the enemies just kind of kept rolling in, like we were we kept thinking, oh okay, we we almost have this cleared, and then another group would come in, and then another group would come in. It really kept like it really kept this combat interesting, um, where it very easily could have just been like a very boring. Oh man, we have to hack and slash our way through a million a million guys mm-hmm. um i also I mean, thought to be fair that is what we ended up doing we did we did slashing but, through a but, million guys but we had fun doing it <laughs> i i also thought um using the like the rows of vines to block vision also made it very interesting and that was a, a very inspired call by duncan that's true i did enjoy that well thank you for that uh, and I would I would never meta game, so I definitely didn't yeah. uh, <laughs> didn't use like the uh, my knowledge <laughs> improperly. And it's funny the way that the module is structured. Um, the the authors clearly expect you to see these things come up, and uh, you you immediately run inside and like barricade the door, 
and uh, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it becomes like that. a no. You, you did not do that, which is going to make <laughs> you know, presumably make exploration of this area uh, considerably easier this session. But um, I think what that leaves us with is uh, what was it? One and a half votes for Nerf and one for me and half for or no, one and a half for Jack, half for Nerf and one for me, something like that. So no, no, it's one and a half for Nerf. One and a half for Nerf. Okay, so Nerf, you get an inspiration. Oh, yeah. And Jack, you get a, let's say a D4 to use against Shepard whenever he does. Okay. (laughs) Um, And. I've got a bane on me. Yeah. Uh, So just, you know, that's just hanging over you at any time. Now, I don't think Jack will ever use it because he's just not that kind of guy. Well, and he, he never uses, like, the mountain of inspiration that he's yeah. been had this whole time. Well, it's you fine. know what, though? Maybe Don't this is what will encourage him to actually push one. <laughs> if he's able yeah, to now that I can, now that teammates. I can hurt you with it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's ever fun. played a video game with Jack knows that this is really where most of his <laughs> energy standard. and attention gets focused. Man, I... So, I... Before we started, I was talking about playing Elden Ring, and I think I actually... Part of the start of this as well. So, the... Everyone but Nerf has been playing Elden Ring at least a little bit over the past uh, week or so, and it is so much fun uh, doing it like as it's still new and fresh and we don't know it. In the past, what we had done, uh, like last year, I I started playing Dark Souls 3 for the first time, and you two had both been playing it for a while, knew everything about it, Uh, and so, you know, I was going on like a guided tour on my first (laughs) uh, game of Dark Souls 3. it's been so much fun being on the the ground floor of this game with you guys this time. Uh, so I, I have really been enjoying it, and I thank you for joining me. It's funny that you mention um, getting to some degree walked through Dark Souls Three because I, uh, I mean, Dark Souls Three is not a small game, but if by, by the time you proceed through all the levels of difficulty, you've seen everything about a million times, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the really one of the only fun things that you can continue doing is is get summoned by other players to help them through areas, and that's that's like you know how you keep it fresh. And there are differing opinions on you know how the game quote unquote should be played. Uh, it, it'll be funny because there are discords for these games uh, because of the the wonky Dark Souls multiplayer system where you know if, if you specifically need help in an area. The best way to get it is to go on a Discord or something like that and specifically request it from someone who can set a password to match yours. And when people make it clear, they're like, oh, I've never played before, and so I'm trying to find my way through this area. In many cases, people will not help them. Right, because are you saying, because part of the game is is dying repeatedly and like figuring it out on your own and like becoming a master through repetition? It's not just that, but it's like, they're really cool games and something the experience is diminished in some way if you like are robbed of that exploration by just having somebody lead you around by the nose and so it's one thing if you have played through the area and then you get to a boss and you're having trouble um and it's another if you're like hey i just entered a new area can someone escort me to the boss and beat them for me (laughs) um right yeah and and, uh, you know i don't i don't mean to say that there's any one way you should enjoy the game but it's something i observed playing that way for a while is that uh yeah there are definitely some strong opinions in that family of video games about the value of playing if not by yourself at least you know not playing with someone who can spoil it for you your first time around yeah i feel that uh i mentioned the other day that there was a very funny reddit thread for elden ring where a guy, uh, I was talking to you, Duncan, about this, but basically the the thread was, or the post was this guy saying, hey, you are not playing this game the way you're supposed to, or the way Miyazaki meant you to. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, and he starts out with some things that, well, it, so it, it was a humor post, but it starts out with some things that people are actually saying, where it's like, if you're summoning your buddy and you're doing it, you know, alongside them with everything, like that is not what you're supposed to do. Like this, blah blah blah. And then it, it's like if you're using the spirit ashes to summon these AI companions, that is not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to blah blah blah. And you're like, okay. 
And then it just starts getting crazier and crazier, the things he's saying. Where he's like, if you're using a shield, like, that is not what you're supposed to do. Like, okay. that's like playing on easy mode. And then he's like, if you use your Estus flask, or if you ever heal or rest at a bonfire, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's just getting more and more outrageous to the point where at the bottom, it's basically... The only things you're allowed to do are dodge roll and use ultra great swords. And if you're doing anything else, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. It is <laughs> uh, funny. It's awesome. That the, it, the Souls games have been like this for a long time where they have this like bizarre multiplayer etiquette that many people observe and get um, you know, seemingly pretty offended or upset. <laughs> yeah, if other if people, other people don't deserve it. violate the accord. Right, like there are these in-game emotes you you know there's no voice chat um and so if someone invades your world or um you summon someone to help you and and you know so two players wind up in the same world it is customary for them to use the bow emote before they like square off and start fighting which is obviously disadvantageous um and that's been going on for i, I mean when did dark souls one come out like 2012 2010 a while ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, 2010. That was the yeah. thing all the way back in the Demon Souls days. Obviously, that was a bit more restricted in terms of who was playing because it was only on the PS3, but... Yeah. Um, but that is that is still going on now. It's still going on in Elden Ring, even though I suspect Elden Ring has a considerably broader appeal than any of the Souls games did. Probably. Um, yeah. I, I will say it's something that... Because, again, you guys were much more into the Souls games than I was. I... I really didn't start playing them until last year, and I love them now. But uh, when you guys were first talking to me about it, you know, years and years ago, I was like, that's so stupid. Like, mm -hmm. like, oh, my God. Like, it's so childish. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, you know, when people would, you guys would get invaded or something like that, and you'd be like, wow, this guy's kind of an asshole. It's like, what? He's invading you to fight you. Like, duh, all right? And that, but now understand. I'm totally, I'm totally there. Where, so in Demon Souls, there's a, a boss where, um, it the boss is a summon, uh, like an invader. So, you know, unless you're playing offline or they the game can't find someone or whatever, you will fight somebody else doing this. So, I got summoned to to be that person before I ever fought that person. Right. right when I was doing the Elden or the uh, Demon Souls remake recently, and so I was standing there, you know, waiting patiently. The guy walks in and I bowed and then we started fighting. I was like, because this this is what you do, right? Mm -hmm. So. I just kind of expected that generally that's what people were going to do for me as well. So <laughs> when I eventually got up to this thing, and by the way, that has never happened for me. I've, I've beaten that game now, uh, I don't know, five, six times or something. Um, and every time I go fight that boss, so obviously I've, I've done more than five or six of that boss fight because I've lost a couple times in it. Every time I go in, the guy's like hiding so that as soon as I walk in the door, he's behind me and can backstab me or, or whatever. Sure. Uh, and I'm like... Again, if this was 10 years ago when you guys were first telling me about this, I would have been like, well, of course, like, they're trying to beat me. But now I'm like, God, like, what a, you know, how uncouth, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, how how incredibly, like, uh, you know, arrogant of them to think that they're, like, above these, these like, you know, God-given, you know, creeds of courtesy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's funny. It, it, I remember, it's funny to me. I remember watching you... Um, or maybe we were playing together, you know, early on when you had just started playing. And um, you were breaking these, like, unspoken rules of etiquette. Yeah, that I used the Estus to heal in the middle right, of the and, and I, I, I was like, what are, oh, no, what are you doing? Like, I still lost, I was, <laughs> I was so ashamed on your behalf. Yeah, that is one of the things that, it's like my favorite part of Dark Souls 3 now, when I get past the, um, uh, when I get past, not Aldrich, um, Pontiff Sullivan, and, uh, you're, f like, getting all the, um, Dark Moon Knights, or whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, like, the, the NPCs that summon to stop you, or not NPCs, the other players that summon to stop you from advancing. It's, like, my favorite part of the game, because you'll get, like, two of these guys, and it's, it's almost always the same thing. Like, you'll clear out an area, and they'll just wait for you to do it, and then... Like they'll like one of them will come fight you and then you know you <laughs> yeah. kill them and the other one's standing there like up, literally applauding or bowing or whatever mm -hmm. and then like however you finish that first fight right you don't heal you don't do anything you go right into the next fight yeah. um, 
And it's, again, it's this very strange etiquette, but it's so much fun. And it feels so much more rewarding when you eventually win. I have, oh, I have been invaded before it. when I've been, like, struggling through an area. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm never going to make it now. There's a phantom in here somewhere. And I know that they're, I can see them get close. And they see how, how like, I don't know, poorly I'm doing. And they'll just wait. And then, you know, they'll either crystal out or, like, in one, one case, this happened to me where, um... A dude saw me just getting my ass kicked, and I don't I don't think he was able to do anything about it, but I got through it, and then he walked up, dropped, like, a pile of, um, items for me, and then... Like soul stacks? Yeah, yeah, like a soul stack, and then crystalled out. I don't know. It's, it's just a weird community, but it will be interesting to see, given that they have kept a lot of the same mechanics and, and put them in Elden Ring... But given that Elden Ring is a considerably larger game with a really, really big map, more bosses, um, it, it'll be interesting it's to see. It's fucking crazy how big that game is. It is, but I, I'm I'm curious about how that summoning, how the multiplayer aspect of the game uh, is going to distribute across a large map like that, and how it's going to age. Yeah, no, it's a really great point. Um, because a problem with the Souls game, or I mean. Maybe it's not a problem, depending on your perspective. It's just a, a reality. But um, getting people, finding help in, in certain areas can be very difficult. Because if you're doing it, if you're not looking for anyone in particular, if, you're, if you don't have a password on and you're, you're just trying to summon somebody, then you need to be within a you know some level bracket to stand a good chance of picking someone up in a, in a given area. And that was hard. You know, that was hard when there were a dozen bosses. Now that there are, um, I, I don't remember how many named bosses there are in Elden Ring, you know, 80-something or... Tons, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you, you, you've got to divvy it up that way, and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. They've added a couple of mechanics that'll streamline it, but I don't, I don't want this podcast to, um devolve into us dissecting a game that probably half the listeners are not even aware of because this is fundamentally this is not a nerd podcast um this is a podcast right, it's about a jock podcast this is it's a jock podcast where we talk about D. yeah i thought it was a political one and we still haven't gotten to the abortion content but we're it, going it's to. coming it's yeah. coming right yeah well i now, i am going to forcibly impregnate all of the players oh interesting yeah all right that'll that'll be a bit of a twist yeah, uh, but okay. Let's go ahead and transition then. I mean, I could talk about Elden Ring all day, but yeah. uh, that would prevent me from playing it once we're done mm-hmm. here. So, uh-huh. uh huh. <laughs> um, so, uh, Duncan, you said that you had something to transition into about my uh, active listening counseling thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should probably um, talk so for, about for what context. That is. Yeah, for context, uh, I posted on my. Uh, it's the only thing I posted on my Substack, but I wrote a a short. What, what do you, blog post? I don't know about uh, kind of things that I've learned over the course of my life. I would about, call it an essay. Sure, something like an essay about mm. uh, counseling people, talking to like you know I'm not a counselor, right? But people end up being like um, you know impromptu therapists for people, and but we're fucking terrible at it. So what should you do? What are things you can do to like get past these common failures uh, that we experience when we do that kind of thing? Oh, so now that you've introduced it, are you ready for me to introduce it? Yeah, please. So I, uh, I saw that you had written something about active listening, and I, I read it, and I, I thought it was really useful. Yeah. Oh, oh wow, well, that's really... You were going to start talking, and I was going to go, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I wanted to ruin the joke. Yeah. All right, well done, guys. We, we had already ruined it a couple minutes ago, so... Yeah. Good work. That's all right, though. All my, I'm going to get my revenge... In this session, by having all of my NPCs uh, not listen to you. Oh, <laughs> what, what else is new? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, your NPCs have, have improved greatly over the the course of your time as a DM. Yeah, well, well I had actually done a campaign previously. Um, <laughs> I'm not aware. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack, what were some of the other links that you said were worth uh, mentioning? There were. So I'll just read off the entire list, um, and I think there's only one other that's really worth discussing. Um, oh, actually, let me let me go ahead and bring that into the current document as well. But we had your essay on active listening. Uh-huh. 
We had. It's not just about active listening, by the way. That that is a piece of it. I know, but that's that's the easiest. Like, you know, you got to have a short title, and I think that's the best starting point. We talked about D and D podcasts a bit. Uh, I believe this was headed mostly by Duncan. The chain and murder dice were brought up as good ones. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. Now, obviously, not as good as ours, but we talked no, about I mean. Hero Forge, which is a fun little online thing where you can build out character models and then they get like 3D printed or whatever. I don't know yeah, what tokens specifically, use. like minis. Yeah, um, it's like they're what probably an inch tall, a little over an inch and a half. Yeah, uh, and then it's very customizable. We were playing around with that. It's pretty fun. We talked about Audacity, which is the software that we use to record our audio. Great software. It's free. Uh, they are terrible people lately, of course, because yeah, they, they steal your data and yeah, sell it to the Chinese. They don't actually do that, but there was some drama. Um, but Audacity's great. And then we talked about Tulpamancy. Yeah, yeah, I forgot uh, about Tulpamancy that. was something that we. <laughs> so, Jack, what what is Tulpamancy? Just Tulp- like the two sentence version. So Tulpamancy. Well, what are tulpas? Yeah. So there's this weird concept of like people sort of voluntarily creating a split personality, and that split personality, that like second person inside your brain, is your tulpa. And for some reason, apparently, it's, I guess we go back to the My Little Pony community. So, but for some reason, it's a big thing, or relatively big, in the My Little Pony fan base, where people will make tulpas of, of like, a fucking pony. So you know about (laughs) tulpas, but you don't know about clapping. No. Yeah, I don't buy it. So, I thought tulpas, because the way you're describing it, it sounded a little more like... A, like deliberate dissociative identity disorder thing whereas i thought it was like a deliberate imaginary friend kind of thing i uh oh yeah you know it's been a while since i read up on it but maybe you're closer to the tell you what i'll just look at the link that i put in introducing Tolpamancy. Hey, is that the vice article the internet subculture creating imaginary friends as lifelong companions no it's screenshotmedia.com okay, oh okay uh <laughs> never heard what is Tolpamancy? Considered as a subset of plurality, tulpamancy is a practice that involves the creation of mental companions who live within their human host's mind. I don't like that they call it a host. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, makes it sound like they're a parasite. Sentient beings are known as tulpas and are imagined into existence with meditative exercises. Apparently it originated with Tibetan Buddhism, I'm sure. (laughs) It it was rediscovered by Westerners in in the early 20th century. Um... Yeah, I think, oh, yeah. I think then, that's a dark Buddhist practice. Dark Buddhism, no yes. Doubt, no doubt. Uh, but a practitioner of tulpamancy is called a tulpamancer, and we... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember how we ran into this, but it was... Uh, we, we've had, we had a good time making fun of uh, tulpamancers, and uh, I think we should bring that back. I, I think that's a great thing to do, by the way, is when you've got something that's, like, crazy... Like make it sound, make it sound way cooler. Uh-huh. Uh, by by, you know, uh, like I'm a, you know, I, I I shovel poop for a living. It's like oh, I'm I'm a fico mancer. Fico mancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like just put mancer on the end of it. It makes it sound much cooler. Because uh, it sounds it sounds arcane. It sounds uh, it sounds mysterious. Uh, where it's like, no, I just shovel poop. But now now I'm a now I'm a doo doo mancer. In addition to the. Tulpamancy primer. I am also including a link to darkbuddhism.com. So if people want to read up on dark Buddhism, which is is uh, Zen Buddhism plus objectivism, the uh, Ayn Rand philosophy. Which is, yeah, the the two go hand in hand. It's the the kind of dream team connection we've been waiting for for a very long time. We did discuss it in in passing in a previous table talk, but if people didn't know where to get started, we are dark Buddhists in this podcast, of course. <laughs> right. It, um, it should have been obvious. But, and, <laughs> and clearly Strahd, in, in my imagining of Curse of Strahd, is also a dark Buddhist. Oh, hold on. I, I want to take a moment and just read off the introduction in the dark Buddhism webpage, because this is this is great. I began as an objectivist. Like many members of my generation, I discovered Ayn Rand in college, initially reading The Fountainhead and then Atlas Shrugged. I felt at the time that she had saved my life. Um, (laughs) I was a child prodigy. Blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) Jack, did you write this? Oh my, dude, this is so fucking long. Um, (laughs) oh no. 
Well, leave it leave it to the reader. Yeah, or listener. readers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not a dark Buddhist, then maybe you shouldn't be anything at all. Oh, <laughs> right. You probably aren't anything at all. Wow. Hey, Nerf. Admin note: I can't join the table on Foundry. Yeah, I can't. I, I've been trying to load in. He over may the have. Yeah, I've been trying to load in for like half yeah, an hour. I think he stepped away working. for a second because I complained about the dog. Oh. Yeah. Stepped away from the podcast like he's, he's going to take a week off again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, audience, whenever we have a break in the uh, scheduling, like in our post-scheduling, it's probably because of Nerf. Although it wasn't um, last week and... Uh, Jack, you brought this up initially. This actually has to do with D&D, so we might as well talk about it. Yeah, I don't um, know about that. So, we've been running these occasional um, Adventures League sessions, and the first one we did, I thought was just going to be, I don't know, maybe kind of a funny one-off, and it wound up being lightning in a bottle. Now, this is Shackles of Blood. Shackles of, of Blood, yeah. Um, and You may have heard of it. We've mentioned it a couple times. We've said it over and over because it's the best thing we've ever done, and... So, after Shackles of Blood, you know, I I, and maybe the rest of you thought, like, oh shit, we really got something here. Like, this is, this is very funny. Um, and so, I have since tried to run a handful of these games uh, in similar styles, and a few of them have been a lot of fun, but didn't record... Either there was a recording problem, so we didn't make an episode out of it, or we did make an episode, but it just wasn't quite as good as Shackles of Blood. But uh, the last one that we did, um, was it last week? Was it last? It was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, it just wasn't engaging or funny. There was almost no role play. Yeah, I, I mentioned it at, during the session, but the nice thing about Shackles of Blood where there were opportunities where it felt like we should be able to do something and then we were not able to mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, this session didn't have that well see though they, what what you just did is kind of is what i've been doing after every one of these sessions is every time we have a failure like this i walk away and go oh okay i get it now now i understand what the secret recipe is um you know there needs to be this much flavor text but then this many combats and Blah, blah, blah. And then I, I'll think I have it dialed in for the next one and we'll do it. And it's not quite right. So, um, yeah, that's that's fair. I will, uh, you know, as always, I think I have figured it out again. Um, and so we will inevitably be seen whether that's actually true. Sure. Um, but I what I'm this is not a defeatist, you know, oh, it hasn't worked the last couple of times. So I'm, I'm going to stop kind of complaint it's me saying um i've been incredibly unreliable so far but i think i've got it this time and i think we should all accept that uncritically um yeah i think that's fair yeah um i, I think it would be unscientific not to and inevitably sometime in the, the coming weeks somebody is going to say oh i can't make it this friday and then we're gonna do one we're gonna do another one and we're gonna nail it and we're going to lock it in. Yeah, speaking of which, I actually need to get off in about 10 minutes because uh, I've got this Elden Ring I've got to play. So, Nerf, are you back yet? Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the dog has been successfully put down. The dog <laughs> yeah. has been silenced. Nerf has this um, large dog that looks... I don't, I don't know anything about dogs. I like Murphy. He's a nice dog, but... Um, he's, he's a he's like treeing walker coot now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's a level four <laughs> yeah. blank dog. Um, now he, you look at him and you're like, that's a pretty big fucking dog. Um, and, and then you meet him and you realize, oh my God, he's got, he has like agoraphobia. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. awesome. He's, he's terrified of like shiny objects. Um, like to the point where if you have food that he wants, he, but it's near the refrigerator, he won't approach it because the, the refrigerator is like a brushed steel color and it reflects too much light and makes him uncomfortable. Um, it, it's, I don't know, it's bizarre, but so he'll just, uh, bark sometimes because, uh, because well, he's, in, he's in insane. That case, in that case, he was barking because, um, my wife had let him outside and forgot, uh, that he was outside. 
Ah. And so he was trying to get back indoors. Mm. As one Duncan, as one question. does. Yeah. What do you think agoraphobia means? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's when you have like this broad spectrum fear of like all kinds of different stimuli. No, agoraphobia, well, it, it's fear of large spaces, uh, open spaces as opposed to claustrophobia. Is it really? Yeah, agoraphobia. So agora is, you know, that comes from the Greek word for market. Um, and it, it means a, like oh. a big space. Okay. So that's agoraphobia. Well, he's also afraid of markets, though. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, these days. Well, here's the thing, though. I'm going to count this as a net win because I still got Gondwana land. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that, that's a bigger get than agoraphobia. Right. Sure. So I, I feel like I'm still up this session. <laughs> for sure. Until I remove that part. And only so, right. Then when you wrong. <laughs> the whole table talk is just me getting agoraphobia wrong. Uh, yeah, on move. Just like <laughs> yeah. four or five times. It's a 20-minute podcast. In fact, it. yeah, make, be make that its own. the recorded one yet, but the actual recording <laughs> is only going to be five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I have, have nothing else I want to discuss. Uh, oh, actually... What's what drink do we recommend for our podcast? It's, it's or, definitely it's definitely got to be red wine. Because uh, we're at the, the Wizards of Wine at, at the Wizards of Winery. Well, By okay, the way. so that, this is a larger question though. And uh, hold on, we'll get to you in a second, Jack. Um, do we have a pod an official podcast drink, or do we recommend you know drinks that are tailored to each episode? I think I think a drink of the session. I think kind of like a knocking official drink, yeah, like knocking boots. How they have like an official drink of the podcast. Yeah, I I would prefer to do the it rum that job. way. Yeah, the rum job. Right, right, and I mean that's of course why I'm asking. Um, so what was it? it was, I think uh, rum job tastes Morgan's like cough like medicine, but crush orange soda, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I think water should be the official drink. I I think water is mm. an excellent addition to any evening. Um, however. I'm not going to make our official drink water. Um, anyway, although Hydro Homies, you know, the uh, subreddit, which is dedicated to drinking water, <laughs> which replaced the uh, old subreddit. Which I, I was going to say, unexpected. can you tell me what the old one was called? Uh, no. <laughs> but, uh, can you type that, it in? I'm, that that subreddit's that pretty funny. Uh, it, it used a certain racial slur in its name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure did. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. Listeners, um, email us your recommendation. At, yeah, hit us uh, up at our website. Late website. Afternoon at lateafternoongaming.gaming.com. It's not an, even uh, an email address. <laughs> gaming.com. Yeah. Dot edu. Um, or write um, us at our P.O. box. That's what we need. Yeah. I want physical mail from the listeners. I'll write and post your address online. I maybe I should. That's why we use a PO box. Yeah, get a PO box. I'll yeah. You know when we do that, I'll write you back. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've we've been saying it for a while, and it was something uh, Duncan and I had talked about uh, off mic for a while. Was if if we had if we got actual feedback, like if people left us reviews on iTunes or something like that, and asked us to do something. We would be so stoked. The odds of us doing whatever that thing is, pretty high. I'd be over the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's crazy. Even if it's, like, not even a comment made in good faith and it does nothing but drag all of us and says, like, horrible, mean, personal attacks against us, we would read it. We would read it. Oh, for sure. And we would talk about it because it would be our first comment. Uh, Right. Uh, So, yeah, whoever wants to get in on the ground floor... Man, it's too easy right now. Anything you want. You want Jack to read a racial slur that we don't censor? He'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He might just do that anyway. Right. Well, you know, it's uh, as long as I'm anonymous, I can do anything. (laughs) Exactly. That's how that works. I'm sure the anonymity will will last for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely the only thing stopping me from just popping off. Is the fear that it might not? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not like I'm a. It's not like I'm a decent person. I'm just afraid of consequences. No, right. No, well, no, well, no one has ever accused you of that. I uh-huh. happen to know that you're not a decent person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah, but you were going to say something, Jack, when I was talking uh, yes. about official. I, I apologize for not bringing this up during table talk. I forgot about it. It's a quick mm-hmm. one though. You mentioned candles. with the magic of editing. You did. <laughs> uh, for some reason. I was just, I was at work the other day, got an email from one of the admins that said, hey, there's a package for you uh, in in the warehouse, or, you know, I picked it up, it's on my desk, come get it when you can. 
was like, that's odd. I, I didn't order anything. Uh, I don't, I don't know what this would be. So, next opportunity I got, I wandered over there. It was a, it was a package from a vendor that we work with occasionally that I had not talked to recently. It's like, okay, and I opened it up and they sent me a USB lighter. It's one of those ones where like it just it just generates kind of an arc and it's it's a lot of heat and you can light things with it and then you recharge it via USB because oh, it's, like it's electrical. Well, yeah, but I was just like, why the fuck did they send this to me? And and like, I don't just know if I'm allowed to have a lighter it. here. <laughs> like this is kind of weird and no explanation. I don't even know who from the company sent it to me. I don't know why they sent it to me. If anything, I would think that they don't like me because we recently turned down a contract from them and uh but yeah so i, I now have did you, did you check the package for a note that said like you burned us now we're gonna burn you or no something? i did not uh I, it didn't appear to have anything but it's uh it was just very odd but did you plug I, it into I, your work computer it's full of malware and it shit it's, i'm telling you this is how stuxnet gets where it needs to go well, that's when I uh, when I got back to because before I had gone over to pick up the package, I was talking to the people who sat around me going like, yeah, this is weird. I don't know who would have sent me a package. And I came back and obviously their first question was, what was it and who was it from? Now it's this USB lighter. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, was there like malware on it? Like you're going to plug it in and it's going to turns yeah. out that it's not just power delivery. It's going to like break your computer or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now I've got this very large you, I'll, say, I'll put a picture just to you guys because I, I don't want to show the vendor name, uh, but uh, it, on like the podcast. But you, uh, you will be surprised how large it is. It doesn't seem <laughs> necessary at all. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole story. Uh, see, the, now I've got my expectations super high. Like it's the size of like a keyboard or something. Right. So was it addressed to you by name or to you to you by position? No, it was specifically, like, to me. It had my full name on there. Oh. And what is your full name? <laughs> Please Ayn say Rand. it clearly into the microphone. <laughs> Ayn Rand, yeah, that's right. Dark Buddhism founder. It probably had something to do with that. Yeah. I have had... Oh. I had one of those letters before, but I lost it. It's not a very good story, but... Yeah, that was awesome, thanks. <laughs> but it is true. Good cap on that, uh... Yeah. On that one. <laughs> 